Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We're glad that you're with us on the air. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number that'll get you on the air with us on the Grace FM radio network, Hope FM, Truth FM. We got Hope Grace, truth, we need love. They probably will never be a love FM because of K-Love. Uh, but maybe, you never know. A lot of uh, We're on Refuge FM in Minnesota. Welcome everybody there. And all sorts of uh, LP radio stations around the country. We're grateful you've chosen, chosen to join us. You can get on the air with me directly at 303-690-3000. We're in talks with another large radio network that based in Texas uh, that may be picking up Calvary Live. Uh, not sure what their program is going to be yet, but that's a part of the possibilities as we just went on the Texas radio network. I don't, they might be calling it Radio by Grace. Um, as it was at 30 plus stations, Bounding Grace just got added to their morning lineup. Um, Bounding Grace is heard uh, on a lot of stations around the country. Little did we know when we started in 2001 on a local AM radio station here in Denver called, um, I don't remember, it's 670. It was 670. So what's the name of that station? Uh, It was 670 KLT. That's right. They're massive. Like those AM stations play forever, everywhere at night. They go everywhere. We we, We were able to sign on and this might just be a word for someone to take a step of faith. Uh, we signed on with a donor that was able to pay ahead a year in advance for us on this AM station. Mike Treem was the brother that was running it back then. Uh, he and I had a few meetings in his office. I knew absolutely nothing about radio. Nothing. Zero. Uh, and Mike was one of those men that God brought into my life to teach me. He gave me an introduction to the business, an introduction to how it worked. We went on the air, I think, a 7 p.m. slot, and I remember we were in the house we moved into when we moved here. Still didn't have a lot of furniture. Uh, We were settling in, and uh, the the church phone, and by the way, just give us a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, some introductory remarks until the calls start coming in. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Abounding Grace started. It's been the name of the program from the beginning. It started at 7 p.m. on a local AM station here. The church phone was still my home phone. Uh, so we had my home phone uh, was, was also the church number. That's what we published. So when you called the church, you were actually calling my house. I was answering the phone, Calvary Chapel, right there from my house. And we 
got all excited, got the kids all excited. We're going to be on the radio. Uh, unbelievable. I never heard my teachings on the radio before or anything like that. It's a first. I uh, couldn't believe it was happening. Um, such a such a great um, open door and opportunity. And I was there thinking, oh, I started to worry at about 6.30 or so. And I'm like, oh, no, we only have one phone line. What if we get so many calls uh, that the the phones are busy and and they won't call back and it just what if so many people call and i don't think we got a call from the radio broadcast for 9 months not one call nothing uh and it just aired 7 p.m. which i come to find out is a different type of slot it's not a it's not a drive time slot in california it is but not out here so much and you know it took a long time for us to understand what it meant to uh, whet the appetite. Back then, there wasn't a lot. I'm not saying we were the only ones because we weren't. I think Skip Heitzig was on the radio on, on an FM station. And of course, some of the national guys like uh, John MacArthur and those guys teaching through the Bible. But there weren't too many people teaching through the Bible. There weren't too many people teaching verse by verse. And, you know, we just just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. Then we added another station, kept at it, kept at it. And then there was a new manager at another station in town, and we went on FM and then kept at it, kept at it. Then we had another station, add another station, uh, and then we added another time slot, and then we did live. And, and all that to say is that little by little, the Lord would open doors for us. He would provide. Uh, we were able to connect uh, with people to the point where uh, we were entrusted with Grace FM. Uh, and you would never have been able to tell me uh, that that would have been the future. I wouldn't have believed it. Um, what it costs for radio, what it costs to buy a radio station, let alone run it, be responsible for it, all of that. But I was reading the memoir uh, of Pastor Chuck Smith. I just finished it again for the second or third time. And, and he talked about being faithful in the little things. And he reminded us that you need to be faithful in the little things. Don't despise the days of small things. Of course, we measure things small and large, don't we? But nothing's really small in the sight of God. You know, God is he's faithful, and he's going to use everything to teach us how to be faithful with what's up ahead. And actually, in this review of the life of Pastor Chuck Smith, uh, he he talks about how everything in life is preparation for what's up ahead. Everything is preparation. And we can't get stuck on just seeing what we're going through in just this frame. We can't get stuck in the frame of now because it, God is working all things together for the good, for those that love him and those that are called according to his purposes. So 303 690 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and questions. Lines are wide open. Give me a call. Text me, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. And we'll take your calls and questions, and we'll take them on uh, texting as well. Here's a text that came through. How do I know... If the Lord is calling me to teach, well, that's a great question. First of all, 
there is certainly some leaning in you toward teaching, or you wouldn't have asked the question that way. Uh, So you know that you have a desire, and you have a desire to convey the Word of God to others in such a way where they can understand it. Uh, you uh, You can take something that's complex, and you can communicate it in a way where it's understandable, uh, I'm, I'm going to pull up my notes on the spiritual gift of teaching that I taught uh, in Romans and, in, and once again in John, uh, and encourage you to listen to the study on the spiritual gift of teaching. Uh, it's in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, and here's how I defined the spiritual gift of teaching. The, <clears throat> the gift of teaching is a verbal gift— It is instructing or teaching by the word of mouth, and here's the gift of teaching. God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to teach the Bible in a way that can be understood in its meaning and also understood in how to apply it to our lives. So you're taking the word of God, and I'm I'm taking from your question that it's biblical, spiritual teaching, but you can do this in a broad way where even through teaching in the public school system, homeschooling, uh, any form of instruction can be done to the glory of God, right? Um, but the, the, number one, you, you are leaning toward it because you mentioned it. Number two, it's important to notice if, whether you have the gift of teaching, uh, because we can all explain things, but to teach the Bible, you need to have the supernatural gift of teaching. Otherwise, you'll just be teaching head-to-head. And you can, I mean, you could take a college course on the Bible and get information on it, but not have anybody use it in such a way where the Holy Spirit can use that person to really edify you and teach you the substance of not only what does the Bible say, what does the Bible mean, and then finally, what does the Bible mean to me or to you, the application of it. Um, And then, since you're already leaning in that direction, you should test it. And the, one of the ways to test the gift of teaching is to, in your own church family, go to the Sunday school, the children's ministry department, and volunteer to teach the kids. And if you can teach kids the Bible, and they can, because kids can tell, uh, they could tell if you're real or not, they could tell if you love or not, they could tell if you care or not. They don't care about the Greek or the Hebrew they're not impressed like adults might be. So if you learn how to teach children and be uh, relatable to kids, man, you could teach anybody anything. Uh, and the gift of teaching is important. If you want to develop this gift, because it's not just a spiritual gift, but it's also a talent, it's a skill, let me recommend a book to you. You ready? It's required reading in our school ministry. It's called Seven Laws of the Learner. Seven Laws of the Learner by Bruce Wilkinson. Um, uh, It's phenomenal. I don't know any other way to put it. Uh, It was introduced to me many years ago uh, as I was a fairly new believer. I was uh, invited by my overseeing pastor to teach a devotional at the men's retreat. And that was huge. I'm going to stand in front of, you know, back then it was probably 300 men. Uh, They were trusting me the pulpit. I couldn't believe it. I did. I got it. I, I received an assignment. I don't remember the text. Taught my heart out, and then this older man, a wonderful man. His name is Gene. 
uh, got to, and I ended up becoming good friends with Gene and his li- and his wife Lee. Uh, they still come out and visit here every once in a while. I just got an email from Lee not too long ago, and Gene came up, put his arm around me, and said, "Hey, can we talk, brother Ed?" And he put me over. We went alone, and he says, "You know, great, great, great devotional you shared. Really good. Um, got a lot out of it." But and like, oh, and then he began to spend some time correcting and helping and coming along a young man that needed some help. And part of that help was introducing me to Seven Laws of the Learner. It was a training class back then, and he gave me these cassette tapes of the training. And then the the cassette tapes were turned into a book, and I picked up the book. And then they had VHS study tapes. And over the years, I don't know if they put it on video or not, um, probably, probably on Right Now Media, and you need to get it. So a great question. Uh, how do I know the Lord? Uh, it sounds like he's leading you in that way, so go test it out. 303-690-3000 is the number. Give me a call. I hear dial tones. See? It's only dial tones. I need people to fill those lines. Shout out to you guys on Hope FM. Give us a call. Shout out to you guys on Truth FM. Call us. 303. Works anywhere in the country. 303-690-3000. My name is Ed Taylor. We are back in the book of 1 Peter tonight here at Calvary Church. And uh, it's a little under the weather last week, and Pastor Bob Claycamp jumped in last minute, last minute, and did a fantastic job listening to his message. And a couple weeks earlier, Pastor Keegan taught, listened to his message. Fantastic job. We are gifted here with many, many, many good Bible teachers and pastors. So blessed. 303-690-3000. I don't know how much... Here's a text uh, uh, comment. I don't know how much more I can go on as a believer. I have terminal liver disease, two young children, and a great wife. Just need prayer. Father, I pray for this man who is battling liver disease and discouragement and depression. I pray that you would encourage him, God, because you say, and I've known this to be true as many others, that you're the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations. So I pray for the comfort in our brother today, right now. Just doesn't know how long, not only like, you know, I think God, you know him. And I I know it's not just a prayer spiritually but it's also a prayer physically that you would touch his body and his mind and his spirit and his soul in jesus name amen amen 720-336-0897 720-336-0897 is the text line you can text there uh, i'll take calls from the text line with um while we're waiting i see the phone lines are all lit up red now so that's good Here's a prayer request to work four or five days again. Did for 12 years, then it was taken from me. I worked with all the gear done on for co- on the COVID unit, and my current boss is stepping down. I need favor. My joy has been affected. So Father, I pray for extra work. Well, pretty much not extra work, but to, that work hours and responsibilities would be restored. And the challenges they're facing during COVID this brother or sister would be met with the supernatural strength, a supernatural strength by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, taking your calls and your questions. 
Uh, we're going to go right to the phone line. Matthew's in Greeley, Colorado. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Good day to you. And uh, my first thing is I want to give you guys a praise report to say thank you so much for your guys' wonderful radio station and how I get to listen to it all day. And I'm blessed by that and uh, how I get to pass it on to other drivers and other people who work in our construction company, and they didn't even know that it existed. So all right, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. You know, that's the number one way that the word gets out about the station because we don't do much else than just ask people to tell other people. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. And it's an honor and all the glory goes to the good Lord. And my next thing is uh, a prayer request to uh, keep my, uh, my family. We're, we're been uh, 20 or 51 days now of being divorced and we're both believers. And uh, it's just uh, one of those things where I'm just waiting on the Lord. And I uh, just, just want the uh, Grace FM family to, uh, keep my uh, the a bears in uh, in their prayer request and uh, for waiting on God's timing to uh, to make everything perfect and he is the God of uh, reconciliation yes. so it's just we gotta keep waiting on the Lord and, and it's his timing so all right father I pray for my my brother Matthew and and reconciliation I know that uh, divorce is painful it's not your heart or desire and and when it does happen God it's uh, it's very painful. And so I pray, God, for reconciliation according to your word. You're the God of reconciliation. You're the God that can uh, change anything and everything. And so we know that you can work on on hard hearts. And we know um, that you can do what, what man... You're able to do what man is not able to do. And so I pray, God, that you would provide that according to your word and that we would have one of those amazing, amazing... Uh, uh, testimonies of the impossible being done in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Ed. And I tell you, one day I'll get to meet you in person. I, I don't know what you look like, but I have a, you know, when you don't know what a person looks like, and uh, you always kind of have an imagination of how it goes, but one day I'll get to meet you, and it'll be awesome to shake your hand and tell you God bless. I look forward to it, Matthew. God bless you, brother. Yes, sir. God bless. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. 303-690-3000. You know, I got a story with that. Uh, myself, Matthew, because when I was a new believer, and all the years, not just as a new believer, but I was introduced to a station like this growing up in California. It was called, and it still exists today, K-Wave. It's an inspiration for Grace FM. K-Wave had, uh, back then, mostly Calvary Chapel pastors like Grace FM. I would listen to guys constantly. And one of the brothers, of course, that I resonated with, I'm sure many of you listening resonated, resonate with this brother too, Pastor Raul Reese. Um, I resonated with his past of anger, uh, his, a lot of his past, and he inspired me like, man, the Lord used him greatly in my life, continues to use him greatly in my life, and um, I too wanted to see, his church was around, the, around the, a major hill where I lived uh, back in California he was in, when he was still meeting in West Covina, and so we uh, planned a trip to go see him, one of his services in Calvary Chapel, West Covina. This was pre-internet days, of course, right, so you couldn't look things up. And there weren't many pictures of him, uh, and I don't even know that I had a copy of Harvest yet, with if it was even out yet, uh, which is Harvest is a testimony of the early guys that planted Calvary Chapels, including my pastor, Jeff Johnson. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we drove over, went to the service, and I had pictured um, Pastor Raw as a short Hispanic man, a short, wide Hispanic man, very large. That's just how he comes across. 
for whatever reason, that's how I pictured him and expected him to come out. But but when he came out to teach, he was tall, thin, with glasses, and I think he had a sweater on that night. Like like he was very studious and uh, very not what I thought he was. And I didn't get to meet him that night. The, the, the church was standing room only on a Wednesday night. Never seen anything like it except for our home church. I mean, thousands of people coming out to worship on a Wednesday night. And I ended up, and, and you know, the this is how the Lord works. This is unbelievable. All these years, uh, I've been to his church. I've been to conferences. I've been around him. But last year, 2019, I had the privilege of teaching at a conference with Pastor Raul Reese. We shared the stage together uh, in Hawaii, and finally, after all these years, almost 30 years of walking with the Lord, I met him uh, personally back in the backstage, you know, met him personally, thanked him, and then got a picture, because you always got to get a picture. Uh, And so I was grateful to meet him, and I think back to the guys that um, that's happened with... um, that's happened with Skip Heitzig. Skip Heitzig has become, and I have become friends, which is just a, un, unbelievable. Uh, and it also happened with Ray Bentley. Uh, Ray Bentley has played a big part uh, my discipleship, and he and I have become good friends. Uh, and uh, Joel Rosenberg, uh, God has allowed me to have a friendship with uh, with Joel Rosenberg, and uh, uh, and. Um, and so I know that um, I know that Matthew. I look forward to meeting you. I know how important it is because uh, it's not the man, uh, definitely not the man. They're, we're all human. Uh, however, it is a blessing to be able to communicate how much I appreciate them. And I remember the first time I met Pastor Skip, uh, having him over at our church. Like, are you kidding me? Pastor Skip's going to teach here at Calvary, and uh, he did. He did a great job. Obviously, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We're gonna head over to Neil up in Aurora, Colorado. Neil, welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you? Good, man. What's up? Well, I would like some prayer for okay. my wife and our family. Um, she's going in for a new job as a career that she wants, and uh, it's she's had several positions. Uh, a dining director, um, and for some reason, every time she takes a job, it seems like she fixes all the problems, and then they have to let her go. Mm. So it, it's a career that she wants. It's for fulfilling for her. So, you know, she's a Christian, and she lets it be known. She she uh, talks about the Lord and prays for people. Um, so it's a blessing that she gets to do that where she works. But, uh, yeah, just... I guess I just want to pray for her that it's something that this new position that she can stay with and that um, things go well. And then also our family is looking for a new home. Okay. And um, we're, since she has this position, you know, we're finally able to save. And oh, great. Um, I guess we want the Lord to direct us where we need to go. All right, let's pray. That's the best. Father, we know the the twists and turns of life, God, the lefts, the rights, the open doors, the closed doors. And and I pray for Neil's wife as she enters into this new position that you would show her favor. I think of Daniel. I think of Nehemiah. Uh, I think of the favor that you gave them with their overseers. You know, that it's, I think of Joseph, 
Lord, I pray for that kind of favor on Neil's wife in this position. If this is the place you want her to thrive, if this is the place where you want her gifts to be developed and the people there to be reached with a loving representation of the gospel, then Lord, bless her, encourage her, and show her favor. And we pray for wisdom with Neil as uh, he leads us home in finding a place to live, a more permanent place, purchasing a house, Lord, an, a p- more permanent uh, investment for the future and as for his family. Um, that, that God, thank you for that. And we just don't want to neglect, Lord, thank you for the job, for the position, for the savings. It's not just enough. You know, I just think of what your word says, Lord. We work not for ourselves, but also to give to others. And then, Lord, not only have you blessed Neil in working to provide for his own needs, and not only have you blessed him to provide for others' needs through charity and love, but also he, he can put money away. And so we want to give you pleasure. We want to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for your provision in his life, and that you would give him, uh, lead him in the decisions that need to be made in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that amazing, Thanks, Neil? Did you consider yeah. that? Like the Lord giving you enough for what you need, you, you're, you have enough for whatever God is leading you into giving and blessing, and then on top of that, you're putting money away. The Lord is so good. He is good. I appreciate that. He's, he's done a lot of blessings in our life, and, and I can't thank Him enough. And uh, I just want to say that I, I love you guys. I've, I've been to your... Uh, facility several times, and I listen to Grace FM all the time, and it's, it's a wonderful blessing. Thanks, bro. So I just, I hope uh, you guys have a, a great future, and, and thanks for bringing the word and um, comforting millions. Thanks, man. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We're going to head out to Decono, or maybe I said that wrong. Is that right? Decono? Dustin? Uh, yes, yes. You're on the air. Hi. Um, hey. How are you doing today, Pastor Ed? I'm doing great. Hi. Um, there's been a... I just... Uh, I had a couple, just some kind of like a brief question for you. I didn't want to take too much time, but there's something that's kind of... I just wanted to bring up to you, uh, and that was... Uh, there's a there's a group of people, and I, I heard this actually from uh, John Corson, yes. like from a sermon that he said... Um, that was act. That's actually on the air today. Okay. So that so that's where I was getting from that. And and he was mentioning about these people, the people that are known as the uh, Jesus Seminar. Oh yeah. So and I the, I mean the the reason that I was uh, that I actually bring this up is just because of their some of the statements that they made and like they kind of they troubled me. Yes. And I've been actually doing research almost for several probably several for quite a while today. Uh-huh. And I was just wondering kind of like, you know, they, they, they try to make statements that, that, uh, you know, some of the words they're, they're, tr- they try to question the words that Jesus actually said. That's correct. And, um, I was just wondering, you know, I was just gonna try to, I guess, try to find some, you know, just kind of get what your thoughts on them and, and then get some of just like some, uh, you know, some, as the Bible says, infall- infallible proofs, you know? <laughs> well, you know, the Jesus Seminar, uh, I saw that on the call screen, and I'm thinking, wow, it has been a long time since the Jesus Seminar had any traction. Uh, and so the fact that you heard from John Corson, I'm sure his teachings on the radio now are probably from the late 80s or early 90s. 
uh, as um, as he was teaching through that, because I, I don't know that they're as prominent as they were back in the 80s, primarily in the early 90s. They were super popular, basically a group of scholars that came that come together and they vote on whether they believe Jesus said something or not. Uh, and they reduce the Bible down to their own personal opinions. They're to be rejected wholesale, completely, not to be followed, not to pay attention to them. They are not representative of the true gospel. They aren't the final court of appeals on what Jesus said. They are not to be uh, accepted whatsoever. Now, I took this question without watching the clock, so I'm going to put you on hold and let you follow up after the break, okay? Okay. All right, we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Uh, just finished just saying stay away from the gym, Jesus seminar, but we'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. One of the things about the program here on Calvary Live, by the way, welcome back. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and questions. And one of the things that always fascinates me about Calvary Live is just how fast the program goes. We're already halfway through. Uh, I'll have some introductory remarks for the second half uh, in a moment, but let me get back to the phone lines. We've got an open line, by the way, 303-690-3000. want to go back to Dustin. Uh, you asked about the Jesus Seminar. My simple answer was uh, reject them, don't pay any attention to them, and your response is? Uh, I agree. Yeah, that is that. That is good, and um, I very thank you very much for clarifying that, just, you know, just for the sake of other people, too, you know, just to and um i also uh, there was just to to uh some insights that i found was that uh that even in the other even in the other books like G- like jesus is quoted by like um apostle paul yes and, or like and by peter right when peter talks about uh jesus will come like a thief in the night yes like so i, I was thinking of that you know like that there's a lot there's a lot of evidence that we have even that the bible kind of backs up the bible you know and there's here's a piece of it, here's a piece of evidence that's super important i mean you you got to you as you think think back you've got a group of basically it started in the late 70s you've got a group of scholars that that adopted a, a high um uh critical theory i think is what they called it in terms of determining uh, the can they redetermine the canon of scripture. But when the canon of scripture, when the when the Bible was being written and being distributed among the first century believers, people were still alive that were eyewitnesses. So imagine this: uh, you and I uh, are walking down 16th Street Mall. Uh, we witness something, both of us together. We witness something, and. Uh, you, you and I sit down and we col- collaboratively write a paper about it. Um, we um, post it, and it's the truth. And then other people find out, oh man, it's a popular thing to write a paper on this particular event. Um, and so they started writing papers on it, but they're completely wrong. What are you, are you and I going to do? Yeah, that, yeah, that's where we would 
we would discuss with, or, you know, we would defend our... We would. Uh, We'd say, you guys are liars. You guys weren't there. We were there. We stood there. And and that that's one of the proofs. Uh, that's one of the proofs that Paul makes when he says that there were 500 eyewitnesses at one time to the resurrected Lord. He said, and he's making that appeal, not only state, making a statement of fact, but he's implicitly saying, you can talk to them. There were 500 people there. They're still around. It was only 25 years ago, um, because Paul wasn't even there uh, to see the resurrected Lord in that sense. He had his own personal appearance, but he wasn't there personally to see like the 500. And so he was saying, hey, look, uh, the, there were people there, and I think he's implying, that are still alive today that saw it with their own eyes. And so here you got a group that says, oh, you know, regardless of how, what the manuscript evidence say, regardless of how it connects back to the first century, regardless of the internal evidence, regardless of the external evidence, let's all come together and vote democratically of what we all think, and we'll put different stones of different colors, you know, together. Uh, I mean, I think, let me see, um, they, they said, it's interesting to note that in this work from the Jesus Seminar, uh, there are more words in black than red, pink and gray combined. Uh, he said they said that the entire Gospel of John was in black, um, and that they gave uh, the Gospel of Thomas more credibility than the Gospel of John, which is not just ridiculous, but it is offensive. Um, so they said so. The black. Let me get back to it. Um, the words in red. When they voted red, they put a little stone in. If somebody voted red, then they said most likely Jesus said that. They couldn't even say he did. They just that that's their bias. And then if they put a pink stone, then they maybe Jesus said it. They put a gray stone, Jesus probably didn't say it. And black, he didn't say it at all. So is it not interesting that the Jesus seminar, a bunch of pseudo fake scholars, would say that the Gospel of John is less credible than the Gospel of Thomas? Unbelievable. So, thanks for calling. I haven't heard for the Jesus Seminar in a long, long time, but I'm sure their remnants are still out there. Yeah, I, I mean, I just felt also to bring that up in in terms of uh, apologetics as well. Yes, to, for sure. Uh, to be able to that we can, uh, you know, just that we can just be able to provide the proof, or you know, just be able to give an answer for our faith. You know what I mean? Yeah, and let me give you a quick answer on that. That's a really good um, segue. You know, that one of the things I've taught the church here is is to remember four things when it comes to the veracity or truthfulness of Scripture. And the way that we remember it is by the word maps, M-A-P-S. And that'll help us, we'll, help, we'll remember the word maps, because remember in the back of the Bible there are a bunch of maps. And there's four things that help the credibility of the Scriptures. The manuscript evidence, the archaeological evidence, the predictive prophecy evidence, and the statistical probability of these things all being true. Uh, whether it's a specific prophecy, you know, 10, 15 prophecies related to the first coming of Jesus, or 330 that were fulfilled, like the manuscript evidence is incontrovertible. The archaeological evidence, they continue over and over and over again to find evidence of the veracity of the truthfulness of the Scriptures, because God, God was wise. He put it in writing. He put it in writing, and so you could test him on it. And then, of course, predictive prophecy. Prophecy is the calling card of God, and only God specifically predicts uh, specifically to the detail things that things that will happen before they do. 
so that when they happen, you'll believe in him. Um, so maps, manuscript, archaeological, predictive prophecy, statistical probability. Those are, those are all important uh, keys to remembering the truthfulness of the Scripture. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Pastor Ed. All right, God bless you, brother. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're back in the book of First Peter, learning how to live in troubling times. Um, we're certainly living in troubling times, uh, just very, very challenging, um, very difficult, and uh, for a variety of reasons, layer upon layer. We need the wisdom of the Lord. Fort Collins, Colorado. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have a a question for you, Mm -hmm. and then I have two prayer requests. Okay. Uh, The first one is concerning the rapture. Yes. And I get a little confused with the order of things, so could you tell me if the Russian invasion of Israel comes before the rapture? That is a good question. I was thinking through trying to process that in my mind, and I'm thinking... Let's see, Ezekiel 38 and 39, of course, is where we find um, this alliance between Russia and other countries that are coming down, uh, that will come down south um, to invade Israel. And I believe that the Antichrist is a key component in orchestrating these things um, to come to come to pass, and the Antichrist really isn't going to show his true colors until after the rapture. And uh, I think that the remnants of, or the not just the remnants, but the beginning of these types of alliances, the beginning of these type of partnerships, uh, the beginnings of these things can all take place prior to the rapture. But, but I think the uh, battle of Gog and Magog and what's recorded for us happens just after the rapture. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure whether um, something like that especially needed to be fulfilled first or... Um... Right. Nothing... So that's a, that's, a, that's a great question to follow up. There is nothing uh, prophetically holding back the rapture of the church. It can happen at any moment. There's no predit, uh, pre- there's no predicted event that has to take place in order for the rapture to, to, to happen. Now, we may not be completely accurate in our estimations of some of the events and the chronology of things uh, that, you know, could, could a partial invasion happen, could... Uh, the Antichrist be on a smaller scale but not re- be revealed while the church, uh, not be revealed as the Antichrist, but be operating in a political capacity doing great damage prior to the rapture? The answer is yes. So there's some areas of overlapping that we may not be completely, but it seems to fit that the uh, battle of Gog and Magog is going to be after uh, the rapture, led in some way by the Antichrist, who would be then revealed, and the, the revelation of who exactly the Antichrist is and his role will definitely not take place until after he who is restraining is taken out of the way, which I believe is the 
presence of the Spirit of God in the church. Okay, good. Uh, good explanation. Um, well, may I ask for prayer? Yes. Um, okay. I have had a uh, cough for like 30 years, and I've been to all sorts of doctors, Mayo, National Jewish, Merit of Doctors. I've gone to like uh, natural health healing people. I've been to acupuncture. Nobody can figure out. I've got allergies, asthma, and a post-nasal drip, and nobody can figure out mm. how to help my cough. And uh, it's really hard to sleep at night, and it's affecting my jaw, which I had to have. Uh, I had TMJ issues, so my jaw part had to be replaced. I don't want to go through that again. And I just would like prayer for healing on this. And also I would like to ask for prayer for my husband who has got a um, rotator cuff injury. And he had, we've seen a doctor for that. And he's got like an old tear from a a time that he wasn't aware of. Now he's got a new one. And because of his age, because of he's had cancer, and mm-hmm. because um, uh, he's got heart issues, uh, the doctors are not wanting to go forward with an operation. And even if they would, uh, there's a great chance that even after this, he wouldn't feel any relief. Okay. From it. Well, let's pray. But I wanted to pray. After, I want to pray after I read this scripture into the situation. I think just letting the word of God uh, speak in this situation, because immediately I got I was reminded of that woman who pressed in to see Jesus. So let me read to you Luke chapter eight, verse forty-one. Behold, there came a man named Jairus, who was the ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house for he had only he had only for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying but as he went the multitudes thronged him now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped and Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And I just hear of all the doctors and all the people that have seen you and haven't been able to help you, that when we pray, I'm just reminded that we come to the God who can help and who can supersede everything a doctor's ever said or done or not known and for you and your husband. And so, Father, I come along with this, my sister, um, in the in the the um, spirit of this woman who was in desperation 
for all these years, 12 of them living with this overwhelming issue of blood that had medical issues, had spiritual issues, had mental issues, had cultural issues. She, th- this, this one issue uh, caused great pain and frustration and difficulty in this woman's life. And I thank you, God, that even as the multitudes surround you, you are still accessible. And I bring Chris and her husband to you, the accessible God, that we can come into your throne room of grace to find help in time of need. And I pray even for Chris as she thinks through how many times she's prayed before and how many times she's come before and how many times she senses like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like even if, you, if God even hears my prayers, that you would affirm your presence to her and that you would touch her, God. And we pray, of course, supernaturally, you would heal her. But if you don't heal her, if it's not your will to heal her, that you would heal her pain and comfort her brokenness and, Lord, uh, in, enable her to endure all the consequences of this sickness, and, uh, and along with her husband as well, Lord. We pray for everything that's happening in his body, and God, that as we continue to grow in age and our bodies continue to regress, uh, break down, we pray for your gracious favor to be upon our bodies, Lord, that we might not only feel good, but be strong enough to serve you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Okay, sister. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. All lines are wide open. Text me, 720-336-0897. Here's a great question. How do we as Christians allow our children to study award-winning books in public school when they don't align with the Word and what God would have for us, specifically the book Aristotle and Dante, Discover the Secrets of the Universe? This is a great question, and I'm, I'm glad that you're asking it. Uh, once again, I'm reminded of Daniel. Daniel was a young man who was literally stolen from his land. He was kidnapped. And not only was he stolen from his land and kidnapped, separated from his family, to which your kids are not separated from you, so that's good. And he was stolen away to be indoctrinated in the worldly system of Babylon. And he was. He was indoctrinated in the educational system of Babylon Nevertheless, Daniel was used mightily by God, and, and obviously Daniel becomes a picture of the protective hand of God, of a kid who has no covering that God can take care of them. Um, you know, it's a good reminder for parents with prodigal kids that, that left the covering of their home, they want to go do their own thing, and you know, you know the world will just eat them up, but God, God is with every true believer. So we know that it's possible. So here you are as a parent— And we're reminded that we're in the world and not of the world. And if you have the conviction to be in, to have your kids in the public school system, then with that conviction comes the conviction to stay very close to them. Now, I'm not familiar with uh, Aristotle and Dante, Discover the Secrets of the Universe. I don't know about it. Um, But I'm sure it's written from a secular worldview. And the way that we help our kids go through award-winning books and follow through with their um, schoolwork 
uh, and what's assigned to them in our you put they're in a secular school so we need to expect them to be indoctrinated in the secular worldview now that doesn't mean it's going to replace their biblical worldview worldview although that is certainly a temptation but there you we if you got your kids in the public school system they're going to learn the politics of the world they're going to learn the secularism of the world they're going to be indoctrinated in the sexual immorality of this world, that is the way it is. And I know, I, I understand you know that. So how do we as Christians allow our children? Um, we do so by, depending on what the age appropriate is, right? Because I don't know how old your kids are, but we are going to have to help them learn how to discern the truth. Um, and depending on what age they are is what they're exposed to in the world. Now, uh, you know, the, this, this is true for even homeschooling parents. Uh, parents that are homeschooling just think, wow, we get such a great advantage because we get to teach our kids a biblical worldview and we get to teach them about the Word of God. And, and even the, like the kids here in our private school here at Calvary Christian Academy, you know, it's, it's an investment in, in training our kids not only academically but spiritually. But here's the thing, you can't forget this. It's, a, it's an investment in being able to control how your kids, to some degree, are, are introduced to the world. So in the public school system, they're going to be indoctrinated in the world, but you as a parent have to learn how to introduce them to the world. And so you read the book with them. You talk about the biblical themes. You look up any of the uh, maybe apologists or Christian philosophers that, have, that are into Aristotle. Um, I wonder if Norm Geisler has anything, G-E-I-S-L-E-R, um, I wonder if Ravi Zacharias has anything that, I wonder if Sean McDowell has anything that can help you, help your kids both know the world, but be prepared to be a light in the world. So if you've already made the decision to put them in the public schools, then that is, this is what you get. Now, it could be that the public school system crosses a line, that is no return. You pull your kids out. And then when you homeschool your kids or put them in Christian education, just understand you are only delaying the introduction of the world, which is not a bad thing, but you're not protecting your kids from the world. It's on YouTube. It's on their video games. I mean, I remember, I've, I've, done, I've done the, um, uh, what do they call it here when the kids get picked up? The dismissal here at the church a few times with our kids, and I've watched literally kids from our school get picked up, and from the moment they are done with school, they have a phone in their hand, they don't say hi to the mom or grandma that's driving, they throw their bag in the back, jump in the car, and they're on their phone. Now, they can't do that here, but once school's over and, and once we release them, I mean, I watched this kid, um, and I didn't get a good shot at the kid's face so that I could follow up. Um, about, this was a few years ago, um, but I say only that just to say that just because your kids are in Christian, you can't let ever let your guard down. Never, ever, ever, ever let your guard down. Ever, with your kids, never. Um, because the way that you get them through the things that are reading in public schools or the YouTube videos and everything, and things that are on Snapchat and TikTok and all that, is to keep an open line of communication. Um, and how you, little by little, help them understand the world in which they live with the, a biblical worldview. 
and be able to teach them how to interpret what they see and what they hear by what the Word of God says. And that's the key. Um, but don't think that it's homeschooling or putting your kids in a Christian school is going to eliminate that it's going to happen. Uh, and maybe as you... Um, oh, interesting. Okay, so here's the follow-up. Uh, my Child's 13, this book discusses teenage homosexuality. I look forward to looking at Geister. So with homosexuality, um, definitely get the book um, by Christopher Yuan, Y-U-A-N, Y-U-A-N. Uh, he deals with a biblical construct of, of human sexuality. So that, that's a good follow-up. Thank you for following up with me by text because here's the thing. Uh, your 13-year-old knows a lot about this topic already, besides this book. So there is a, there's a firestorm, of course, of the, the schools teaching this stuff, and as it should be, this is ridiculous. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. Even one of the presidential candidates, Joe Biden, has already gone public to saying, yeah, I think a child should be able to pick what gender they are at a young age. I mean, it's just nonsense. I, I don't care what your political view is. To have leaders that would say that, it's just nonsense. That's not from the world. Now, of course, that's the world, uh, and I don't know what we would expect, but that's ridiculous. Um, a, a presidential candidate that says, yeah, I believe in ab abortion uh, open for any— I'll make it the law of the land. We won't talk about Roe v. Wade anymore. I will make it the law of the land that you can kill a baby in the womb from conception till after birth. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That that person, whatever our political views are, you've got to build. And I, like I tell my our church here, you need to pray and vote your biblical convictions, not your political views. Your biblical convictions. You need to let the Holy Spirit use you to participate in the political realm. And so, your thirteen-year-old in the public school already knows a lot about homosexuality, and this is your chance to give them a biblical construct of God creating male and female, um, the, the purpose of sex, the place for sex. Christopher Yuan, Y-U-A-N, I forget the exact title. If you email me, I can send you some links, ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org. I uh, send you some links. Um, but that this is a topic. Jump right in. Educate yourself. Jump right in and help your child, this 13-year-old, process um, what they already see, what they're already a part of, and praise God you're in their life. So, very, very, very good. Thank you for calling, and I can't wait to hear um, what you, how it goes. You're going to do fine, by the way. You're going to do fine. It might be a little awkward at first, but you'll do fine. Because I'm telling you, on the playground, junior high, high school, this is the talk of the playground. This is already, this there's it's it's already there to some degree, and that's one of the things you want to discover with your kid as well. What do they already know? And you know, I, and I would just say this one more thing: be careful not to overreact when your child, thirteen-year-old child, starts to say things. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know about that till I was eighteen, or. How, what is happening? What's wrong with our world? And it's easy to overreact. We all have done it. But in, when we overreact, we freak our kids out and they don't want to tell us anything anymore. And we just got to be careful. 
we got to be careful not to overreact. This is a real discussion to navigate through a real world. And even back in the 50s and the 60s, even though it wasn't so prominent, this was the topic of the day too. Not necessarily in our our cultural backdrop, but talking about sex, premarital sex. I know they hit it. I know they swept it under the rug, but it was all there. Sin is sin. Uh, Homosexuality is not a 19th, 20th century, 21st century construct. Homosexuality is forbidden in the book of Leviticus, for goodness sake. Um, We're talking that the sin has been with us from the fall in the Garden of Eden, and we just need to learn how to navigate through and have open lines of communication. So we're almost over, so let me pray. God, I pray for parents, this parent in particular, uh, who desires to help their 13-year-old work through some new information, some books that have been assigned, this indoctrination of our secular culture. And Lord, we, we want you to tem the, uh, hem or stem the tide of evil. But we know that we live in an evil, dark world and that you have already promised you're not going to destroy it again um, like you did in the days of Noah. But instead, you reminded us that when the world becomes like the days of Noah, we're to look up for our redemption draws near. It's not going to be a flood that comes, but it'll be the, the end of the age and fire. So I pray God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tonight, 7 p.m. CalvaryCO.church, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, CalvaryCO.church. God bless you guys. See you in a couple hours. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.